Hit the lights. You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors, and even some young blood. Welcome aboard. Good today, evening. Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> so my guest today is Jesse Miller. Yes, good evening. From Myriad. Myriad right. Home Entertainment Solutions, yes. So, so uh, full disclosure, Jesse was a student of mine. Uh, and as he went through the course, he... he uh, said, you know, I, I, there's things about this, this uh, coursework I want to challenge, and I think I want to roll back as an instructor, and <laughs> everything that you said happened. So he's, uh, uh, so, so, so tell, me, tell, me about your, t- tell me about your experiences in, in going through school and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I came into the program with a ton of experience, right? I worked at Marathon Coach for seven years, working mm-hmm. anywhere from 70 to 80 hours a week under an electrical engineer, actually two electrical engineers doing all of their specialized controls, GPS navigation, uh, adaptive cruise control on 45-foot buses back in 2001. Um, we're doing- They had that? In yeah, 2000, 2001, yeah. Adaptive cruise control. On a 45-foot motorhome. Wow. Yeah, right? I, I had no idea. Yeah, so you were tying into the actual <laughs> coach's like, transmission system and braking and all of that. So we were doing that. We were doing what was called Motosat, where you could go out in the woods anywhere and fire up a dish. And you know, you had to wait for a bunch of triangulation because the government has to know where you're at uh, if you're broadcasting. <laughs> you know, Because it was data stream. It was like full internet. Uh, satellite on a motor coach. No, that's right? the little dome, like a radar. No, that wasn't a dome. That wasn't the dome. Those work in motion. So those are your in motion, like KVH satellites. Okay. This was an actual. You had to be paused. You had to be stopped, and the dish rolled up, folded up, and then it had to, you know, triangulate, move, you mm. know, get its azimuth and all of that elevation. And, and acquire, acquire the satellite. Acquire the satellite, and then basically talk back and forth and tell everybody where it was at. Um, so we did that. We did all the audio, video, all of the control, so full automation, lighting control, mm-hmm. you know, sound, you know, roll out the the shades. Um, so I had like 16,000 hours of experience Ugh. coming out of that job. Holy cow. Um, and so... And you're talking, we were doing wow. everything from 12 volt to 24 volt to 120 to 240, all, mm-hmm. and it's all grounded on a single chassis. So you want to learn troubleshooting, try to find ground noise in a 40 foot, five foot bus when somebody has placed a ground on the wrong terminal and it's throwing noise through all, you know, you turn on the lights and you get this through your speakers. And, and people are, are, and this is not like a $4,000 machine, right? No, How this much is like a, worth like a half mil? At the time they were 1.5. So I think they're running- 1.5 mil? Yeah, I think they're running 2.1 now. So these were the Prevo conversions. Mm-hmm. At, the, at the time I was working there, they were the largest Prevo converter in the world. And we were building uh, between 65 and 70 coaches a year. So they were on a 12-week cycle. I ran five crews there from early electrical up. Um, I started ground up, just pulling wire, Mm -hmm. right? And just worked my way up to the top. So I left there to, to join the company I'm with now in 2006. And I really didn't need to have a license because we had a licensed tech Mm -hmm. on staff. And then he hit a point where he wanted to make more money 
and instead of just coming and talking to us, he did a power play and, and pulled a, I'm going to quit in the middle of a quarter million dollar project mm -hmm. and we have to have him. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. it was, uh, okay, we'll, uh, we'll give you what you want and we're going to lock you down for two years. And then I immediately went into the program. Oh, so with, I remember you telling me that yeah. I knew that you'd worked on the coaches. Yeah. I hadn't remembered, but I knew that you'd told me that. And then you came in the program and I knew you came in with yeah. a bag full of experience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so a truck full of experience. When, I, when I went to the committee meeting to, to onboard me in, you know, I got a lot of, of rough feedback with, well, you've been working illegally and all of your hours yeah. don't count. And, and I'm like, come on, man, I have been working in this industry a long time. And let me just tell you, and for all of those out there, we know that Having a licensed card doesn't make you a good tech. Right. There are a lot of hacks out there. Just because you make it through the program and you can do a test doesn't mean that you are good at what you do, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's terrible to say, but but there are those people out there. <laughs> there are those people out there that are not top notch, right? They took it. They, they did the test well. Oh, so man. and and I called it out right in that meeting. I'm like, yeah, you, I'm you like, nailed it too. I am cleaning people's work up all the time, and so. They're like, look, it doesn't matter. We're not giving you any credit for any of your hours. You got to do the full 6,000 hours and you got to do all nine classes. And I'm like, okay. So I got into the program and Victoria was my first mm -hmm. instructor. And uh, I basically sat with her and talked to her about it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to break the first year of this program. Yeah. Right. I'm just going to essentially, I'm not going to miss a single homework question and I'm right. not going to make miss a single exam question and I'm going to get every extra credit that I can and I'm going to go through this whole first term, first year 100% and I did. And once I did that, I looked mm -hmm. at the rest of the classes and I said, okay guys, and I sent an email and I said, look, I have completed the first year with not even with, a missed with homework a stellar question. record. Right? Like yeah. I ha I've, I've been in Dave's class, I've been in Mike Brooks' class, I'm like, I think I have the, the backing of the, of the instructors that I've been with so I would like to challenge the next four classes mm -hmm. because they're all in my realm. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, that was Amplified Systems, Residential Technologies, which I now teach, uh, Berg and uh, not Fire, but CCTV. Mm -hmm. And those two were probably the most difficult for me because the instructor at the time wasn't super keen on me challenging his class. I remember that. I remember the fight. Yeah. Uh, and I remember I remember just kind of ducking my head in my shell. And yeah, going, you just got to kind of go, I'm going to go I'm, over here. I would but, see you and you would be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this, but, this, uh, this guy. But Grant, you know, we had an uh, instructor that he was teaching both uh, Amplified and ResTech and he was very supportive, just yeah. gave me everything I needed to to do the class and he didn't, you know, he didn't take offense to it. And, and really the reality is why would anybody take offense to it, right? right? Like I'm not. If you know it, you know know it yeah right I mean so it's if I'm capable of testing out of your class it just saves me time mm -hmm. and it saves you the trouble of I, I kind of feel like I might have been marginally close to not passing their class but I think both instructors were like do I want this guy in my class for 12 weeks well, you ask good <laughs> questions too and you and you right? held you held everybody's feet to the fire yeah you said what do you what what is this yeah. What the hell are you teaching here? Yeah. You know, and so it was when you came through my class and we didn't we didn't have any issues. When you mm -mm. came through my class, you know, you were very upfront about how you felt and what was going on. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Yep. I, I, I you know, and most most people when they go through specialized controls are like, oh, this is yeah, I didn't expect this because I don't know what, what. I mean, my circuit board did blow up. It did blow up. Yeah. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> so did a lot of people's at the time. So. I wish I had the video of the one that that was. Remember the old shop uh-huh. where we used to have the plug-in above us, mm-hmm. and I was hanging one of those things, and I was just about to touch it when it erupted, when the when the cap blew up, and my whole face is enveloped in smoke. And somebody's got the video out there, <laughs> and I wish I said send it to me because I was like, oh look, woof, and yeah. my whole face is enveloped in fish smoke, and I'm like. <laughs> Um, yeah, that didn't work out the way we'd hoped. You yeah. still get, you still passed the class. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I did pass the class. The uh, actually, I remember like first week of the class. You're like, this is a really hard class, and I'm like, ooh, I hope this is a, not too hard of a class. But no, I had a great time in your class. Actually. It's fun. It's one class I could have. And full disclosure, when mm-hmm. people told me that I was going to be in a class until ten fifteen, like there are certain instructors that keep you late, and I was like. Oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna challenge that class. Like I, did not, I don't want to stay. I don't want to do that. So, um, but your classmate. I mean, we would go through class and then we just sit and talk for yeah. 40 minutes after class, right? Yeah. And so I enjoy when I'm teaching res tech and I have students that want to kick back after class and talk about, mm-hmm. you know, stuff on their own personal stuff. Just well, it's you a know, relationship are going on. You're developing um, these relationships with with these folks, just like we developed a relationship. And when you rolled back as an instructor, mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't be more excited. I'm yeah. like, now that guy. Watch this guy. Yeah. The same I, thing like when Colton did it. He rolled back as an instructor. I'm like, yep. you know, bingo. Yeah. Um, probably one of the most satisfying things I've had is, you know, a student has reached out to me to talk about interviewing, nice. you know, like as they're take, trying to take another job. So one of the other things that I really try to be is a mentor, you mm-hmm. know, like how can I help you help yourself in this industry? Yep. Right, and, and that, that and that is truly what apprenticeship and and mastering is all about is getting these guys to be better than us, mm-hmm. and and like I've always said, I I want my students to outperform me, to outdo me. I work for my manager was my student, my coordinator was my student, and and my apprentice. And my next coordinator was also my student. <laughs> right, so, so I'm like. I'm way down in the pecking order now and happy as a clam. Yeah. Happy as a clam. Yeah, yeah I do a full um, lecture. It's really the only time I really talk at the students, but just talking about business practices and mm-hmm. being a good employee and just understanding the responsibilities of being a good employee and how that can affect your growth as an employee, right? In the company. And the belief, you want to believe that the company that you're working for is going to recognize that. Yeah. And you're going to advance based on it. It's not always the case, but you know. Well, now with 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 your company, I mean, you practically run the thing. If, if I if I remember right, I do. I'm one step from ownership, which yeah. we've discussed. You know, exit plan and and entry plan. I'm I'm in this phase where, and we've talked about it, right? Do I put the money into buying the established name that I've spent 16 years helping build, mm-hmm. or do I, or a quarter of the price start my own company and mm-hmm. just build my own clientele um but we've basically grown up i mean it's a family type company so our mm-hmm. kids have grown up together and we do things as a group right so one of the real things that i enjoy about the company i work for and the person that i work for is his, he's really focused on i mean he'll let me work as much as i want mm-hmm. But he really wants me to take time and enjoy the fruits of my labor. No right? kidding. So it's work hard, play hard, mm-hmm. right? So when we travel as a company, we travel, we stay in nice hotels, we 
fly, you know, Comfort Plus or First Class. Get out. Yeah, no. I mean, we Get don't out. we don't do a ton of 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 company travel. We might go to a trade show once in a yeah. while, but you know, we'll go out to nice dinners and we're gonna go to Cedia this year. We'll probably take a day and go to Six Flags and ride roller coasters and <laughs> you know. Okay, kids. Now, I want you to tell the the listeners what it is you do at okay. this company. Okay. I know, and they don't know. Yeah, so we are a custom integration company. So we design, uh, pre-wire, install, and program full home hot, whole home automation systems, right? And mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that. I mean, we do jobs as small as a couple thousand dollars, just install a TV for somebody. But we don't install... If you came to me and said, hey, I bought all my stuff at Best Buy, can you come install it for me? I'm going to be like, No. That's not what we do, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we we install everything that we sell. Um, we will integrate client-owned equipment. And a lot of times we're going into a house that somebody bought and trying to figure out what's there and mm -hmm. how we can use the existing infrastructure as much, much as possible. But we are highly skilled at retrofit. Like we have put in some amazing automation systems in homes that were not built for that. Mm -hmm. um, we build networks uh, because everything that we do today is network dependent, right? I mean, I'm controlling a house in Mexico. I can control their everything in their house from here. And you've brought up, and I've seen you bring up on your iPhone or iPad, mm -hmm. yep. you know, a, a house, a client that you're working with, mm -hmm. and you're going, yeah, well, here's, I can, you know, this is the drapes and this is the security system. And this is, you know, and there's a, you walk up to the front door and, and there's an iPad and that is interfaced with the system and I'm just, my jaw hits the floor because I'm just like, fire, good, yeah. uh, smoke bad, fire, ghost off, relay close. That's all I know. Yeah. And so I, I, I and, and full disclosure, uh, I walked into his lab one night and um, we were, he had set up a 11.3 surround sound. Well, that, it was, is, no, we is did, that what it I mean, was? it was Dolby Atmos. We were still just Man. running 7.1. But it's designed to do, it's designed to do 7.2.4. So yeah. I had PTSD. We were watching a little slice of of Unbreakable. Unbroken. Unbroken. Yeah. And it was the part where the guy was trying to kick the bomb bay doors closed, mm -hmm. and a Japanese Zero was coming up at him, and it shoots. Yeah. And the bullet whizzed from my feet to my head. I just, I got. I yeah. got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. I've never heard sound like that. Yeah, and that's never. just that's just in a lab environment. Um I've actually migrated that lab to my showroom where we actually do have 7.2.4, okay. right? So that's, you know, your front stage, front right, left, your sides and your surround backs and then four Envelopment channels over a top called Atmos channels, and then your and then your LFE low frequency effects subwoofers in the front, and it is immersive. No so kidding. being and able to take is that, is that the one that's off two thirteen? No, this is in Westland. That's in Westland. Yeah, and so that's our field trip at the end of the term. Is everybody okay. gets to come because we have everything set up there. We have automated lighting. We have automated shades. We have music. I can show the different TVs and the technologies and. Then we can go sit in the theater room and just rock it, and we can look at the video. We can look, listen to the audio, and and we do some side by side demo of Dolby Atmos versus DTSX, the two mm -hmm. you know competing audio formats, and, and just get everybody's impression. Um, I really, my focus is really just in the class is to for people to have a good time, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I want my students to have a good time to learn something as well, but also to be enthusiastic about what it is we're doing. 
I can't say my job is always enthusiastic, right? right? I mean, I'm under houses, I'm in crawl spaces, we pull wire, we, you know, and I do everything that anybody else is. We're a small company. We have three people in the field, including me and hmm. two office people. And so, um, so how many, how many people did you have when I first met you? Uh, Two. It was yeah, me I and, thought it was me you and one other person. You and one other person. Yeah. So now, the so the owner. company is essentially tripled in size. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which okay. doesn't seem. I mean, no, no. It's a small one. One of them's actually apprentice. He's in the program, yeah, so I he'll be him. coming through my class here pretty soon. He was in your class this last yeah. term. Yeah, I met him. Um, Smart guy. Yeah, he's he's bright and he's motivated. And which he is, likes his job. He was all into it. Yeah, it's we. We were short staffed for so long just because we refused to hire somebody who doesn't fit, right? We work in people's homes. Right. So it's not like a commercial environment where someone can be sloppy or whatever and it doesn't really matter because they're in a commercial environment. Sure. I mean, maybe it matters, but but when you're walking in someone's home, you need to be presentable, you need to be respectful, right? You can't, there's certain things we don't talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we tried to hire this guy and I'm like, we don't talk about sports, religion or, or uh or politics. politics in a person's home. And within five minutes, he's talking to me about who he voted for and why I'm an idiot if I didn't vote for that person. And I'm like, did you not even hear what I just said to you? I mean, you're a, this is interview process. Tone, really and, tone deaf. Yeah. Really tone so deaf to that. It's, uh, the, the hospital is is very, very strict on, on how, what you talk about. Like in your little private spaces, you can, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. But when we get onto the floors with... The public and medical staff and stuff like that yeah. you know if someone has a badge and says they're he his and or you know she or they that is what it is and yeah. you respect that yeah and that's just the way it goes and you're like if you don't like it then don't work here right it's like, okay yeah it. I, I haven't i mean i also have a public relations degree so oh, do you really yeah, like i have a bachelor's in public Man, relations you are um so People ask me all the time, well, you don't really do much with, I'm like, yes, I actually do <laughs> something day. with that every single day when I have to deal with the public, right? And it's like, um, it it's so challenging sometimes to deal with the different personalities and, you know, if someone spends six figures with your company, they you answer your phone at 7.30 on a Friday night or 11.30 on yeah. a Saturday night or it doesn't matter where you're at, right? And it's... You feel the entitlement sometimes where you're just like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm really sorry that you're the TV number 10 in your house won't turn on right now. Um, I'm actually at a function with my family. Can I call you back? No, I want it done right now. And you're like, Ugh, right? You're right. like, these no. are the moments when I second guess my career choice, but they're very few and far between. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be egocentric, but I'm, I'm definitely good at what I do mm -hmm. and I'm dedicated to what I do. So like we run into a lot of challenges and I'm just diligent about fixing the problem, right? I don't walk away from any problem. We just figure out what we have to do to fix it. Yeah. I think one of the students told me that in your class, while you were teaching it, you were showing these students how to handle a CPU issue mm -hmm. and it happened and mm -hmm. you had to go through all the steps in front of the students. Yeah. To get that CPU to, I, I don't know, maybe. I don't remember what it was. Unlock itself or whatever <laughs> yeah. it did. And the, and the student told me, he goes, because we, we talk about, you know, you and, and he goes, oh, I was in this class. And then he, and he's showing us what would happen if this happened. And then it happened and how he handled it. Right. And he goes, so we were all just like, wow, watching you go through the steps and, and an apprentice 
you know, a student or premise, they're they're gathering all that that information in their noggin, and if if my my take on it is if 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 a if a student sees me struggle or an apprentice sees me struggle with something, mm-hmm. and then I'm able to pull it out, right? Then they are are less afraid when they run into that same snag. Yeah. And if you think for one second that as a journeyman and as an instructor, I don't suffer the same yeah. mental aw snaps that you do as a student, you're dead wrong. Because what do you know? You yeah. Do. I think one of the things I've told everybody who's ever worked with me who is fresh and they're concerned about making mistakes, I'm like, first of all, we can fix any mistake you make. Right. I mean, the reality is we can yeah. fix anything that you do. You step through a ceiling, we can fix it. You drill through a floor, we can fix it. I've drilled through pipes, water pipes, right? We can fix that too. I mean, we can fix it. <laughs> I mean, everything, pretty much for the most part, everything is fixable. And also helping them understand that even with all of the experience I have, the reason I'm good at what I do is because I've made mistakes and we've butted our head, you know, bumped yeah. our heads against walls trying to figure stuff out. And... I think the the most important skill that I have is problem solving. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, learning how to troubleshoot and the skills and of where do you start your troubleshooting process to be most efficient about how you troubleshoot a problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, working backwards from the problem, you know, is is key. And some people just get overwhelmed with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I well, actually well, they don't teach a lot of problem solving in in schools anymore they, right. they just don't and and so well by the time we get a, a younger person now someone who's older who's got some experience especially if they've been a mechanic or they've been in, they've been in the trade mm-hmm. or they were in some sort of technical field it's it's a no-brainer because at some point in time they figured out the linear steps that you have to do to solve a problem right but if uh, you get a young person who, or somebody who was just in, you know, re- and I'm not picking on a other business, but if they were in retail or they were in whatever, and they and then they haven't really had that technical experience, then they've got to learn that, and they're and they're new at it. And you're coming in with all this experience, going, yeah, it's you know, mm-hmm. I can whip right through this, and they're like, I don't understand. And so so there is a uh, there is that learning curve. I would rather work with someone with zero experience than someone with half. Then you have to reteach. Well, you you know, you get the one of the one of the biggest challenges I face sometimes is people who try to anticipate what you're going to say to them. So they listen to like the first part of what you're going to say, and then they don't listen to the rest of it. And then you come back and you're like, "What are you doing?" How did you like, this, is what, this is what you told me to do. I'm like, no, it's not what I told you to do. <laughs> you know, like I can see where you might think because you started this way, but you didn't listen to the rest of what I said or you would have done it this way. Um, so, and me, that's a, for me, learning how to be patient with that, right? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I have a zero to 60, not temper, but zero to 60, I'm not putting up with this. Just get out of the way and I'll do it myself right. kind of thing. So, um, so that's been a, the more I work with other people in what I'm doing, I have to get better at that. But, um, and the teaching really helps with that, Mm -hmm. honestly. I mean, the patience of, of instructing and I'm trying to integrate more problem solving stuff in the class. Like how do we solve these problems? Mm -hmm. Uh, especially with logic problems. Um, last week I'm working on a, we're working on a project right now where, uh, probably the biggest challenge we're facing right now is supply chain. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
we're having to get creative in the way that we're accomplishing things that we used to just be able to order the parts and do it, like video distribution. So this project that I'm working on right now, I have five TVs mm -hmm. that I want to share one cable box and one satellite box and a couple of Apple TVs and then music to these locations. And normally I would do that with a matrix video switcher, you know, HDMI, but it could run anywhere from 40 to $60,000, you know, fully populated for the rooms. And uh, it's not available. Like, like we're talking like nine, 10, 12 months out. So you just can't get You just them. can't get the parts. So on this project, we punted and we said, okay, well, we're going to use two zone AV receivers to, uh, to make this happen because we can you know, use a HDMI splitter and take a source and split it four ways and send mm -hmm. it into different uh, surround sound receivers that are two zone. And so everything's working great. We've got five TVs. We've got all the sources available on all five TVs. It's not a problem. And then the customer says, but I really want to be able to have the game playing and listening to music at the same time. Right? So in order to which with the other the, the matrix wouldn't be a problem wouldn't be a problem because I can extract I can extract the audio to a different amplifier mm -hmm. and we can do it that way, but in this instance because we're using the main zone and then the second zone on the AV receivers, it it'll the main zone will allow me to have a video source and a different audio source playing at the same time. So mm -hmm. I can say I want this video and this audio. And they don't have to be the same. They, they don't have to be the two same. different sources. The second zone does not allow me to do that. And if, that's and that's the 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 architecture of the system doesn't allow. It's it. the architecture of the amplifier. And strangely, I managed to get it to work briefly <laughs> until it knew what it was. Until and then it, it, it knew figured what out. You were doing. And then it figured out what it was doing. And this is it the problem. It looked at its own rules and went, "Wait a minute." And this is the problem with digital technology with HDMI. I don't know how familiar you are with HDMI, but the communication. So you have your chipset of, um, you know, I think we're at two point two point oh right now. So the hardware version. And then you have the HDCP version, which is the software version, encryption, all of the bi-directional communication. So I plug a source into the TV. The TV says, this is who I am. This is mm -hmm. my resolution. This is what I can do. What can you send me? You know? Um, so, it's a, so, it's a, so it's virtual ports, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just like all the computer, handshaking communication yeah. that's saying, you know, what, am I what are you authorized to show me yeah. and what am I authorized to display? And so... Somewhere in there, I managed to glitch it long enough to get the video and separate audio. And then I put in a, a device. To, I could only do it for one source for a satellite box, and the cable box was not letting me do it. So I'm like, well, maybe I just need to strip off the communication on the HDMI line, and then it'll let me do it. And once I did that, then I lost it on both sources. So oh, like, nope. the worst. So, but I'm talking to the manufacturers, and I'm talking to Crestron, our, our automation system, and I'm going through all these steps with them about how I'm doing it. And they're just like, you know, we're working backwards. Okay, well, let's try it this way. Mm -hmm. That didn't work. Okay, let's try this, you know, and... How many hours are you going to do that before you finally like, I just can't do it. But ultimately, we're going to have to do it, <laughs> right? Oh so we found, gosh. now we found this, uh, this piece that will allow us to take the HDMI into it and then bring an audio source into it and it will combine the video and the nice. audio. Yep. 
and then we can output that. Now, is this sending the data via TCP IP? Is it all packeted at that point, or is it streaming it? Oh, no, it's still, I mean, we're still running an HDMI connection. So it's a hardwire connection. It's just controlling how the data are being moved, but it's still hardwire. It's not, nothing's, so let me see if I can get my head wrapped around this because you've got, you've got this hardware box. You've mm-hmm. got your HDMI plugged into it. you got your TVs plugged into it. So it really is just shifting on copper. Right. We're actually, so imagine a cable box plugged into a surround sound receiver, mm-hmm. and then the TV is 100 feet away, so mm-hmm. you're not running an HDMI cable. You can do it video over IP, but you're talking $4,000 a room to do that. So so that, so that you can't it becomes, Wi-Fi it. it comes, yeah, you're definitely not Wi-Fiing it. So what we're doing is we're running a copper cat cable mm-hmm. utp cat 6 cat 7 shielded cat okay. to a what's called an hd based t balan okay so it takes hdmi in transmits it over the copper to mm-hmm. a transmitter and then a, or to a receiver and the receiver takes it back to hdmi to the okay. tv okay and you can transmit so it's a bal- so it's a balan un- it's a balanced unbalanced yep connection and it and it re it re it's what you would call the a signals yeah yep and so interestingly enough you look at this hdmi cable and you're like okay how am i going to transmit all of these pins off this hdmi cable over eight pin cable mm-hmm. but you're able to transmit control uh so ethernet control rs232 control ir control video and audio all over that cat cable Right. And so the the protocols on this must be insane. Compression and yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and people just trying to get my head wrapped around that. It's like, yeah. And people ask about, do I need a $150 HDMI cable? Well, what are you trying to do? Right. Right? If you want to plug your cable box into your Vizio TV, no, you're fine. (laughs) Right. If you want true 8K source to a 8K TV, yes, you need a good HDMI cable. Right. If you want a good full 4K source to a 4K TV, yes, you need a good HDMI cable. Right. You're talking color gamuts. You're talking um, refresh rates. You know, mm-hmm. it's just data. Things right? that you need. I mean, 8K is a 48 gig cable. That's the speed required yeah. on the cable. Um, one of the things we talk about in class is I show them Apple TV and Roku both have um, settings in them where you plug everything in and you can go in and it'll tell you what the cable what the cable is capable mm-hmm. of and what the TV is capable of. No, no kidding. Right? Does Samsung so can, do that too? Uh, I've got a Samsung TV at home. Well, Apple TV is a streaming box. Okay. Like it's a device, like a, right. you know, something that puts all of your, you know, content, your Apple TV, your Roku, or your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon, all of that all into, into one into streaming one, box. One right? streaming box. We really try not to use the TV as that. We try to okay. use the TV as a display only. Okay. Right. Because so you're not you don't want letting it handle the. Yeah. When people you're, are like you're, you're plugging it in as a dumb monitor to something that it yeah. can actually handle the data better. Yeah. When people because yeah, like, I wanted to throw a shoe at this TV at times, so I get that. Yeah. And no knock on Samsung, right? No, and there I know, are a lot I'm of people not. who have them, but we sell Sony mm-hmm. most of the time, and people ask me why all the time. Someone will come to me and say, "I really like this Samsung," and I'm like, "Okay." But look around your house and tell me how many appliances you have that are also made by Samsung right. or LG, right? right? And LG actually builds Sony's panels, and then Sony puts all the guts in them and they put their logic them, into it, right? Yeah. But Sony is a vertical entertainment company, so they build mm-hmm. cameras, they create content, and they give you the best way to view your content, uh, right? Which so. which makes sense because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until I, I I got this particular TV 
that it its own you it's got its own operating system yes and mm -hmm. it's glitchy mm -hmm. and it, it's it glitches every once in a while and it's not just this one like i've been to other people who've got samsung and it glitches the same exact way so i'm like okay so now i gotta go through the os procedure i gotta update and 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 samsung's very open about it they're like yeah you gotta go and plug it in and update crap and i, I get it but mm -hmm. but i will tell you that like I got a new ham radio I bought. Mm -hmm. It's capable of a lot of digital things, so I plug it into my to my laptop from work, and I can't get I can't get the audio to move on it. And I I, I was completely flummoxed. I mean, flummoxed by this. Mm -hmm. I tried everything. Codex. We, we replaced the codex. We we brought down. Uh, I even had the ITG people log into the computer and make sure that all the right. Um, special codecs were in there. And then finally, out of complete just frustration, I grabbed my granddaughter's uh, cheap-ass laptop mm -hmm. and plugged it in. And in 30 seconds, it was streaming the audio. In 30 seconds. And so I go back and I'm scratching my head going, now what the hell did I miss here? Like, mm -hmm. like why do I have to go buy? I mean, I got a brand new Dell. I mean, this this computer is screaming fast got everything i need on it's got all the 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 bells and whistles and i when i was talking to the itg guy he goes no he goes it's it's not doing it because it sees your computer as a security threat or sees your your radio as a security threat and i went oh crap so i didn't even think about the software emulation layer that handles the audio mm -hmm. On all of the computers at the hospital, immediately when you plug a USB stick into it, it encrypts it. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't encrypt it without asking you, mm -hmm. but it will not move data on or off that disk until it says the minimum requirements are this level of encryption. Right. Unless you have an encrypted thumb drive, I mean, I'm talking one that takes like an 11-digit code. Right. You're not moving data on our network. Period. I don't care if you're in Nova Scotia. You're right. not moving it on our network because you can VPN in. Right. And so I'm going, oh, oh. So it's rights. It's all handshaking and rights. So I grab my granddaughter's laptop. It's got no rights. It doesn't know what the hell it's doing. Sure, we'll move anything you want, yeah. anywhere you want. And so, and it was that, it was, you would think that somebody who's, you know, got the experiences I've got, I would realize all that stuff before I even started. Mm -hmm. No. Because if you're not in that game, and you're right on the cutting edge of it. I mean, you're right on the cutting edge of it, of most, where it's most at. Most of the time, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, you know, fire alarm stuff is like way old. Like, like the fire panels I'm working on, were are thirty years old. Right. And the software is DOS based in some cases. Some of the older versions are yeah. DOS. Right. You're like, people doesn't. What the hell's a DOS? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, straight goods. Right. Like, there's no mouse control here. It's. Mm -hmm. It's literally DOS, yeah. and it's running in an emulation layer. You know, the newer stuff is not, but the older stuff is. And and I thought, oh my God, I've I've I'm I'm rowing in this boat, while people like you and you know and Colton and everybody who's in the networking and all that stuff, you know, because they're running cameras and IP cameras, they're all like on the cutting edge. Mm. And Fire is just not that. It's just not cutting edge technology. And so I keep. Like I can't keep up. Like I'm the, I'm the guy who's who can't keep up with the, with technology because I'm still stuck in ten or fifteen years ago, and I can get there. 
Yeah. But I, I don't use it every day and I don't use it at home. And so I realize when I look up and I talk to people like you, like I don't, like I have to really, I feel like a student. I have to go back and learn the terms that you use, what yeah. all that means, how it all ties together. And so when I look at, when I look at what you do, I literally am in awe because I could not assemble it. I, I'm a plug and play guy with my own TV and surround sound. I'm like, don't plug into that. I'll yeah. plug into that and turn that thing on and sit your butt down and watch it. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah. And so to me, it's like, it really is cutting edge because, you know, to go back and do what I do, to go back and write fire alarm code or shit, that, that's, that stuff's, you know, it's, it's on the, it's on the flip old, side old, of it, I think, school. but it works. It, oh yeah. It works every day. Right. And so it never fails. That's there, its key. <laughs> there is, therein lies the, the benefit, right? Mm -hmm. Is it works every time. Uh, analog, it, when we were still doing analog TV, it was so much easier. I mean, you, you dealt with some noise here and there, but it was so much easier. And they could probably do a lot of what we do still with analog, but the encryption and the piracy and the privacy, you know, the the content protection is really what it's about. And right? and I and I, and I get that because the same thing with, pri with, with, with privacy for, for patients, even though your computer mm -hmm. is never going to touch patient data, mm -hmm. it is so hypercritical that it never even becomes a portal for somebody who does know how to do all that right to hack in and so the itg people are they're on the cutting edge and you look at it and go i don't understand why you have to do that and they're going i don't understand why i have to explain it to you right. here's a here's a simple rule we're going to continue to build this wall higher thicker deeper and to keep the bad guys out and you're just going to have to live within that wall and shut the hell up and i'm like okay i get it yeah <laughs> i feel like the penalties for hacking for like hacking data and and like destroying people's lives should be significant. Should be, should be. I, I mean, I, don't, I do not I dare, disagree with I you. I dare say, you know, I won't say it on the air, but I think it should be, <laughs> I think it should be, you know, capital punishment. Kind it of stuff, should be. Right? Like if you're, if you're willing to ruin somebody's life who you have never met just because you can, yeah. um, you really don't have anything positive to contribute to society in my I, opinion. I kind of, I see and, where you're coming from. You know, it's, um, I mean, we have clients like people in their homes that are like their computer gets ransomware in and they lose all their pictures and all of their stuff from their family. And it, it's like, why, yeah. why, why, you know, what's the point of that? And so then you look at what we're doing with, because we're doing networks and we're, we've got cameras and we've got all of this remote mm -hmm. access stuff that we can do. And you're like, where are we doing vulnerabilities? It's, it's really nice up until recently, we were still having to set up port forwarding which is dangerous, mm -hmm. right? Any network IT guy is going to go be like, oh, no, we're not doing any port so, forwarding. So briefly here. explain port forwarding. It's basically I'm going to open up ports on the local network. So through the know, firewall, through the firewall that allow mm -hmm. a specific device to talk to a sp you know, specific devices on right. the network. And depending on how, you know, how much automation we're doing, there might be six or seven ports that we're going to open. And right? they stay open. And, you know, yeah, and they stay open, right? But you're not mapping port 80 to port 80, right? You're mm -hmm. going to map like 4,326 to 80, mm -hmm. right? So, but you get people out there that are just scanning ports looking for open ports, mm -hmm. right? And so 
what you've seen a lot of with camera systems is peer-to-peer, -peer, right? Where you just scan a QR code and it automatically does everything for you and it resolves all the address. You don't have to even touch anybody's mm -hmm. router to get in. Now, granted, you're dealing with, you know, Dawa and Hike Vision and these other companies that I don't know what the resolution has been with the U.S. government, um, but they're like, no, this is these cameras are security risk. Mm -hmm. And so they, there was talk that we weren't even going to be able to use. That's a, that was a huge security Any of risk. these cameras. So people are like, yeah. oh, well, you know, my boss says, well, we'll move to Spico because it's an American company. And then you get into Spico software and you realize it's Dawa and Hike Vision software rebranded and yep. rebadged, yep. right? It's yep. all made in the same place. Yeah. So you're when like, I was working for PSI, we talked to a company whose, whose founders were, uh, they specifically built cameras and software and hardware in America and Britain so that it would stay on our side of the fence. Yeah. And when I talked to the guy, he goes, yeah, we've, we've recognized that. And so is the government. And yeah. so the NSA and the CIA were like, nah, we need, we need homegrown equipment. And that's what this company did. Yeah. And that's, and they were saw very serious about it. Yeah. Saw a need and probably mm -hmm. did really well with it. It did really well with it. Um, and the guy was telling me about it, and I, and I just was dumbfounded. I was like, I had no idea. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, some of the other cameras out there, man, you, you're just portaling that stuff straight out of the country. And I'm like, what? <clears throat> which which leads me to believe, well, okay, if you've got a, a TV mm -hmm. with a camera, your phone with a camera, you got all these things on, all these microphones on all the time, where is this data going? Well, that was the big thing with... Uh you know, when you used to do Skype on the TV, you know, the Samsung and Sony TVs that had the Skype mm -hmm. camera built in, and then they find out that they're actually turning the camera on and watching people in their living rooms, right? And recording data, right? And you're like, huh. And then you start getting into, we get asked about Alexa or, you know, Google mm -hmm. or Apple, you know, Siri. And you're like, you do realize that all of everything you say to this thing is being sent somewhere else to be processed and then mm -hmm. all the information is coming back and they're like yeah they're not, but we're only listening if you say these one word this one right. word and you're like okay i you know do i have anything to hide that i'm worried about no but no. does that mean that i'm okay with having listening devices no. in my home also no no right i don't want my tv but it absolutely but but if you talk about something i mean we've we've i've shown this talk yeah. about a thing that Yep. I'm into, I want to, I was thinking about getting an Enduro. I was thinking about getting a, a dual sport. I call mm -hmm. them, but no, I call them an Enduro. Guess what I get? Guess what kind of ads I get now? Yeah, Enduro. Right? What the yeah. hell? You know I haven't what? looked, I have not looked for a motorcycle on this phone. I've looked at it on my account, right? And mm -hmm. my iPad and my, and my computer, there's no doubts there, but guess what I get on, on a completely unrelated app on my phone. Right. Ads for... Oh, you're looking for a Honda? Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> we I did a I did a project um in college about uh the V chip. Mm -hmm. So for the Oh man. Somebody some people That's might not old. understand what the V chip is, but uh the V chip is when they put in parental controls on your TV yeah. so that you could monitor what your kids are watching yep. and and Lock control it, it, right? And there came a point where every TV suddenly had a V chip. Well, then they found out that not only could you restrict what is being watched on your TV, but the other end, they're monitoring your your watching habits, right? So mm -hmm. what are you watching? How long are you watching it, right? So it, it's, it really comes down to data mining. All of it comes to data mining, right? It's, All comes down to data. I'm super it, glad you said that because that's right, exactly what it comes down right to. Right now, it's how do we 
make you a better consumer, right? Right. All of it right now is about consuming. How do we market to you? How do we sell you the products that you want? How do we make it easier for you to find the products that you want? But eventually you have to ask yourself, well, when there's no more marketing to do to you, then what is that data used for? Right. Like, at what point does it become nefarious? Well, they're going to tell you that it's forensic so that <clears throat> if, if you go out and do something wrong, mm -hmm. you, you, you lose your mind and decide that you're going to go, I don't know, kill every gopher in Canby. Sure. Then then they go to forensically figure out who killed all the gophers in Canby. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go mine the data until we figure it out. Why was Jesse looking at gopher killing in Canby? And there you go. Now we yeah. made our connection. So I can I can understand the government going back. And I'm not just saying the government, but the man coming back and looking at it. But I had a guy the other day. We were talking, and he goes, "Well, you know, it's uh, this AI is coming." And I went, "What? What? What do you mean AI is coming? What, what? What does that term mean to you, right?" And I don't usually do this with people, but but for this particular individual, he's like, "Well, you know, artificial intelligence." I said, "Define for me what you mean by this term." Mm -hmm. Well, you know, AI is going to become uh, conscious, self-aware, self -aware. and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna turn into you know the Terminator and all that crap. And I went, dude. You have been, you have been training AI for the last twenty years. Ever since you had a computer, every time it's a sense, the the time you began to network is the time AI, if that's what you want to call it, became sentient. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you've got a thousand databases out there with a thousand different uh, uh, goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, that can all be mined, can all be a, you know piece together mm -hmm. right and so if you've been kept if you've kept up on on security breaches and we'll pick on snowden and what what he released go read what 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 snowden released to the world so that you can get your your head around just how how far down the rabbit hole they've gone mm -hmm. you're thinking oh well this is going to happen someday in the future and i'm telling you that take came and went you're way down the rabbit hole and i've got a granddaughter that sits on an iPad, right? You can't get that thing away from her. Right. You cannot get it away from her. So it's now it is, it's how you do your banking. It's how you do your interfacing with other people. It's how you do your meetings. It's how you do everything. Mm -hmm. so, so you can worry about AI coming and then about the time you realize that it's coming, it's not only been here, you've been training it for 25 years or more and right? so and so this is not this is not the enemy at your doorstep you've been sleeping with it and and it's not i'm not saying it's an enemy like it's going to come out and, and attack your throat someday but it, it's here it's just a part of what we are it's a part of who we are it's a part of how data moves you've seen the movie demolition man yeah yeah so that's kind of my my take on ai and automation in general is the people who really want to automate the world, you know, you hear, well, it just makes your life simpler. Right. You know, if AI can do this for you, then you don't have to do it. And it gives you more free time to do what? To work more? Like to work on another project? Mm -hmm. Because ultimately, when we get to a point where AI can perform all of these simple tasks and unskilled labor becomes non-existent, mm -hmm. then what do you do with the millions of people who currently work, uh, and it sounds terrible to say unskilled, but just 
non-technical jobs, sure. jobs that don't require that don't require hands-on hands-on technical mm -hmm. work, and and now suddenly all of that is being handled by an AI, and so now how do these people support themselves? Right. Where do they get their food? So how so do they how do they get their housing, and where do we subsidize that? And, exactly. And you know we talk about this in my class with even with green energy, mm -hmm. right? So Oregon, sorry. That's fine. says we're going to go we're going to cap and trade and we want everybody in an electric car by 2045. Mm -hmm. Our grid can't support that. Right. <laughs> right? Like and where is all of our our energy coming from right now? A lot of it is still from burning still coal and natural coal gas. And oil. So how and natural green, gas. So how green is your car? <laughs> right. Right? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't that we shouldn't be working towards a smaller footprint and mm -hmm. you know a better life that way, but Man, sometimes you put the cart before the horse. Sometimes. Right? And so, um, but yeah, AI, I, I think it's important. Um, well, I think it's important to know it's there. But yeah. I, don't th I don't think it's something that you have to run from and, and go, oh my God, I have to pull myself off the grid and go live in a tree. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that that being aware of of, you know, like it's okay to put your electronics down and go for a damn walk without your smartwatch, without your smartphone, without your smart iPad, without your thinking devices and just and just untether yourself. It's okay. It's okay to just be yeah. you as a human in your own brain before they can tap those waves, right? <laughs> right? And that's all I'm saying is that is that it's a, and then sometimes the human touch, the human to human touch is is as important as everything else. Well, it's one of the reasons I wanted to get back in the classroom right. because I I didn't what we taught for what almost a year, year and a half, I think. <laughs> on, on, Zoom meetings, yeah, and the big blue button and all that stuff, and and they're like, well, we we think we want to have some structure. I'll come back in the class. Let me get in front of my students. Let me watch their eyes so I can see if they're catching what I'm putting out. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that guy sleeping in the back, you know, oh, and you're yeah. like, <sighs> but. Same, right? I mean, it's, I used to worry about that, right? Now mm -hmm. I just engage with the student, you know, I, I don't babysit. Like, if you want to sleep in the class, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm a, if I'm not that interesting, that's fine. Um, but I always have a good group of students that are heavily engaged in the conversation mm -hmm. and that always keeps me going, right? Yeah. Like I, but I do really like, same with you. I like being in person for that. Um, I mean, there's some classes that I feel like I can do completely online just yeah. because there's no reason. And to sometimes do class, but... there are some classes like like basic trades was easier to do online. Yeah, there was no reason to come in. I mean, they they built Victoria and Brian had built a course for you to do it online. So there, so coming in was kind of a waste of time. Oh, right. Yeah. So I remember now what your student was talking about. So we had an automation system. Mm -hmm where we updated firmware in a yep. processor that was it. and it crashed and it the crashed. entire house and I could not leave until it was all back online. That was the one. So they basically got to watch me prior to class. I was on the phone for four hours with the, the manufacturer trying to recover yep. the, that was it. the file and they couldn't recover it. And they're like, well, we'll have to RMA send you a new processor. And I'm like, you know I can't leave here. They can't turn a single light on in this house. They can't turn the anything on. Like, are you crazy? The whole house is locked. Basically, yeah. the house is completely useless until you get me a processor. And so the students actually got to watch me in three hours rebuild the entire house. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, so, so that that particular so incident being able affected to, that student 
to where he wants to get in that trade. He wants to do what you do. Yeah. Because he watched you, and all the students did, but him in particular watched you handle yourself in that situation. Yeah. And you knock, you you stepped up to the plate. Yep. You know, took a took a practice swing. The guy pitched it. You knocked it out of the park. And the kid went, I have to do that. And I think he's doing it. Yeah. The uh, I don't think for you, but I think for another company. No, not for me. But I mean, look, there's plenty of work to go around. You <laughs> yeah, know? It's a big pot. I right? like the fact that I respect all my competitors. I mean, I respect most of my competitors. I know who's good at what, I know who's good at what <laughs> they do in, in the industry, and that's good, right? Like I, you'll never catch me say bad at anything bad about any of my competitors. But um, but yeah, that particular project, it was... So you got them up, right? We got them up. How'd and you do it? Ultimately, well, I just completely reset it and started over. And I, as soon as I could get, I had to roll the firmware back. And so essentially what happened was the manufacturer had a firmware update that it couldn't jump. Like it would automatically update, but you needed to step the update in phases. Mm -hmm. And there was a certain update that would just throw it into an infinite reboot loop and I was on the phone with these guys. I mean, this was about a two and a half month process. And you imagine this, initially they're like, oh, it's just you, right? Like mm -hmm. we haven't seen this before. Right. And then the deeper we get into it, they're like, no, it's actually a problem with this. And I'm like hammering on them because um, I'm like, look, not to talk about another brand, but I'm like, this is, this is a problem that has occurred with one of your competitors for years, which is why we use your product and not and, theirs. And, yeah, and now it's and here. And right now, <laughs> you guys are falling into that bucket, and it is looking really bad, and this cannot happen. Like, this cannot happen. And it happened on that house twice. Uh, like, it happened that day, and then it happened again. And um, and now they've got it. So, you know, we just have a procedure to, to update the firmware, which I was actually just talking to one of their texts yesterday and I said, you know, the funny thing is that you haven't been able to ship processors because of supply chain. Mm -hmm. So according to you, you're, you can't even manufacture them fast enough. So you're, I'm getting a processor today that I ordered last year and you're telling me that you just got it, but the firmware is from last year, right? So how is it that you're shipping me a brand new processor that you just built and it doesn't even have the most current firmware? Yeah. How, right. How, and now, so yeah, like they're no, on like bingo, a, you nailed it. Yeah. They're yeah. on like a 3.14 right now. And the firmware that comes in, it is 3.004. So you have to go from 3.004 to 3.009 to 3.00 or 3.0, 3.12. And then you can move forward from mm -hmm. there. Right. So it's like a 20 minute process every time. So you just plug in and let it go, like you you drop the file in, you put it in firmware update, and then you go do something else for 20 minutes and hope that it doesn't crash, <laughs> right, while you're, so, um, but the, the, the one that crashed, we were, I mean, we were just there to make a very simple change. Like it should have been a half takes. hour change in and mm -hmm. out, and, and we couldn't add this product, and so we're like, well, maybe it needs a, a firmware update to work with this product, and set it in for a firmware update, and it just never came out of the reboot. It just kept rebooting and rebooting and rebooting. And I'm just like, oh. So that, that and so in my own world, right? I had a, we've got these basically three generations of fire panels that we're dealing with. Yeah. The super old ones are rock steady. I mean, we, we know how to fix them because we've been around forever. And then we got the newer one. And then there's one that was in between. That was the transition piece. Mm -hmm. So I have power supply fail on one of the transition ones, one of the ones that's it's called a 4100U. And uh, it went down 
the day I wasn't at work. So I came back this Monday and I had contractors coming up and two contractors coming up and I, my, my partner is on vacation. So it's just me and, you know, the hill and all this stuff. And that guy goes, yeah, man, this power supply is down. So I says, well, I'll go find another one and I'll swap it out. And I go to do that and I talk to the technician, uh, the simplex guy, and he goes, oh, no, that's not compatible with the newer ones. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, they all look the same, right? Right. He goes, no, no, they're not at all. What's wrong with you? I'm like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? So, you yeah. know, and he goes, he goes, no, Mike, if you move that, all these files, you know, the old equipment, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. There was one card, one card that had all the data in it. And if you restart the, the node, it reboots all that data and it doesn't care. So you shut the power off, you take this card out, you pop another one on, turn it on, it loads it, it runs. That's not how these new ones work. Mm -hmm. That's all, it's distributed. Like there's different components that need it. And he goes, that card is not compatible with anything but another 4100U, that power supply. And I was like, oh crap. So it, it's so I so stumbled bunnied over it. I thought, well, crap, I got to figure this out because doors aren't working right. I'm like, okay. So I start to so look at it. And you know how your, your brain like works on something even though you're doing something else? Mm -hmm. Well, we had to like move forward with the other stuff. So today I finally get an opportunity, a little window. It's a work a four-day work week. I'm going to go and I'm going to solve this problem. Today. Right. So I go to the other, the only other panels that I've got that are compatible and I and I look and sure crap I can't I can't use it because it's it's being used and and so I go back to where I'm at and because I was so caught up in other things I look down at the bottom of this panel and there's power right there in front of me on another board and it's been there the whole time right and so I I got I so junior technician this and didn't think about what was there. Like I didn't follow my own rules right. of sit back. What is the problem? Define it. Look for a solution before you move, before right. you start doing <clears throat> stuff. So today I look back and I went, well, there's, there's power source there. There's a relay that's working there. Why don't I just take the power out of that before I even knew it? I'm jumping it up and voila, I come and fix the problem temporarily until I can get the board. So the board's on its way. Yeah. The board is worth more than my car. Right. Honest to God. Well, we got the price for the board. It is that car I drive, that ugly bug. Hmm? It's worth twice, three times that. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And they're like, nah, man, that's the cost. And that is, that is the way of, and, and this board does a lot of different things. It's not just power, it's, you know, communications. Knacks and all that stuff. I just I looked at the price and I just went, wow. I mean, my little cheap, easy to fix. Oh yeah, six hundred dollars for that board is now yeah you know in the thousands. And and you're exactly right that the you know as you step that technology up, you've also step up the price. You step up the the knowledge base you have to have with it. They had a kid come up, not a kid, a gentleman come up from the company and he he put the programs I need on my computer and I watched him work and he spent, I bet you, I bet you three hours yeah. 
doing that. And I couldn't have gotten, I couldn't have gotten off. There was no way I could have ever done a tenth of what this guy did. Yeah. He was so good at what he did. And I just sat back and I was marveling. And I'm like, wow. And I would love to say that that I'm on the cutting edge of technology, but I'm not. Like I'm just I'm just in this little sliver of technology that I know. I'm in this little band that I understand. Yeah. And I look around me and there are a thousand other bands, a thousand other radials going a thousand other directions, and every single person who's on that track knows their stuff they they may not know what i know and i may not know what they know but together we both know and that is the key and i walked away going had it not been for my relationship with the two texts from simplex right had it not been for you know the all these different factors human factors right i wouldn't be where i am today it's just that simple well and i think something you said there is key and that is relationships, right? That's the key. <laughs> like, when you have a good relationship, I mean, I've had times where, I mean, I've had tech support times where I've had somebody call me, a rep call me after me like, dude, you have to like tone it down when you're, <laughs> when you're upset. Like I understand you're upset and, and you're the one on the front line dealing with this, but you gotta, you gotta be more. So I'm very diplomatic at this point with tech support. I'm always like, look, I know it's not your fault. I know you're not the engineer. I'm sorry that you're getting my, I'm sorry that I, if I seem a little sorry bit, I'm coming off a yeah, little if I seem a little bit upset, like, I'm sorry, but this is really dumb what's happening right now. I just want you to know that. And I might've said it like five times, but this is really <laughs> dumb. This problem that I'm trying to solve. Um, it makes a world of difference, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, just making sure that they know. I, I mean, I think that's the problem is you're always going to give your true opinion to whoever you're talking to at that mm -hmm. moment when you're in that, like, stressful situation, right? And like you were talking about with the guy, come, you let the professionals do what they do. Right? Yeah. I mean, people let me do what I do. Um, most of the time, sometimes you get someone wants to be over your shoulder telling you what they think you should do. But um but same thing for me with the computer, right? I use a computer every single day. I don't mm -hmm. know anything about computers, right? Like yeah, if you want me to go in and do something with bios or whatever, I'm like, I take it to a computer guy and I'm like, here. And I told him one day, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like such an idiot because I use this thing every day and I don't know anything about what you're about to do. And he goes, yeah, there's a lot of, he, he said this, he goes, there's a lot of pilots that don't work on their own airplanes, but they're really good at flying airplanes. That's he's a like, good, that's a really good analogy. Right, he said, it's a tool that you use to do your job and... I'm maintaining your tool. And you're maintaining you, the tool. Right. And so yeah. um, I, I have a pretty good amount of knowledge about a lot of things, but it's a constant evolving learning process of, you know, how do you, how do you buy your lessons and not rent them? Right. I mean, that's something that I've really focused on on the, over the years is trying to, if I'm, if I'm dealing with a problem, really storing that information so the next time I see that problem, I don't have to go through the whole process again, be like, well, what did we do? I feel like we've seen this before, but, um, but yeah, I mean. But that, but that human interaction, that human development, relationship development piece mm -hmm. is, is, you know, it's what's, it's what's brought us together. It's, right. it's what brings all our, all the instructors together one time or another. Right. It's the piece that my apprentices keep calling. I mean, even, even last night, um, one of the technicians that works for my previous employer and I were just rattling back and forth. He just needed a sounding board while he's troubleshooting. Yeah. And, and I'm feeding horses and he's going, 
I don't understand what the hell's going on. I'm like, well, explain to me. And as he explained to me the problem, he stumbled into the answer. Right. And I'm like, dude, that has happened so many times. It is that piece that if there's anything I can do as a journeyman that has, that, that in my 58 years of living and all the teching I've done and 40 years of teching I've done, yeah, it has having a partner in crime that I was able to bounce stuff off of yes. that made all the difference in the world. Like you said, sometimes you're just talking through the problem and you figure it you out. Figure it out yourself. Why? I mean, I've done that on tech support so many times. I'm like, never mind. I'm an idiot. I see it before I even. And I'm that guy um, who, if I start to get stumped and I know I'm going to be on hold for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. I just make the phone call, right? Yeah. And it and I've got the Bluetooth or my AirPods or whatever. And if they answer before I solve it, then I'll ask them the question. If I solve it, then I just hang up. It's not a big deal. No big deal. Right? Um, I definitely don't have any problem asking for help with something. If someone else can figure it out faster, why would I well, burn I, my time I, trying out of to figure all the it out? Times, out of all the times I've done... I've worked with tech support. I've had one and one time with one company. I won't mention who they are. They had a there was a there was a fire panel out there for well, it's still out there, but it has peer-to-peer -peer networking between all the devices. So mm -hmm. it knows. Like if there's a smoke detector in this room, it knows what to do because it's programmed to do it. Right. If it's gonna drop that relay, it does it. The fire panel is just another peripheral on the line. This data center had a smoke detector that went bad. I went to replace it. The, the program wasn't in the panel. It wasn't on the thumb drive. I had no idea how to get the program in, so I called the tech support, and that guy treated me like I was a complete imbecile, like I was just the stupidest person on the face of the planet. And I and I was like, and I bit my tongue, and just he talked me through it. I got the thing enrolled. I got it programmed. We we figured it out, and I hung up. Was nice and polite. Mm -hmm. Didn't say anything, and the. And the guy from the company who overheard the conversation said, I don't know how the hell you did that. I have no idea how you did that. He goes, man, I'd be flying to that place and thumping that dude. And I'm like, I'm like, he's, I don't know. All I know is that I've got a green light on the panel. It's fixed. And for the love of God. And I just wanted to tell this guy, I could speak 25 computer languages. Right. I could speak, you know, I can, I can talk. I can talk. All these different, different versions of all these different fire panels I can speak and all this stuff I know, but I don't know this. And all, all I want is just enough information to get me through this. Right. And if I, if you want to treat me like I'm the stupidest person on the face of the planet until I get it done, whatever we got to do, bro. Yeah. One of the, one of the things I'm really proud of is being able to get uh, tech support for a company that I'm not authorized to be working nice. on their stuff. Well played. If, if you can get their tech to help you with something, even though you're not even supposed <laughs> to be touching whatever, you know, I mean, it's electronics, right? Mm -hmm. But I have, that's always a crowning, like, okay, I've got my PR hat on here. Like I'm, I'm working this, you know, cause you start the conversation. They're like, well, what's your dealer code or what's this? I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> look, this is a situation. And sometimes you play that card of, look, I mean, you can either help me with this or I'm just going to gut it and put something else in here. Right. You know, you, but want, the, I, you want the residuals or yeah, not? but I try yeah. not to put that. I try not to play that card if I don't have to. I really just, am like, man, come on. We just, we need to get this working for the client. That's it, funny. It looks good for you. It looks good for me. Mostly it looks good for you because I'll talk about how helpful you are, you know, and, and so I don't, I haven't yeah, you had can, too you many. Tell them that, hey, this has been a, you know. Yeah, I haven't had too many experiences with tech support treating me um, like I don't know what, you know, like I'm stupid, which is good. It's the clients that talk to you that way that you're yeah. like, mm, yeah. you know, and 
things. And they're and then you're and then you're in your face. They're like right there. Yeah, I mean, I've had a client like yelling in my face about something, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I. You know, I don't know what to say to you right now. I'll tell you what, <laughs> we'll do it your way. I mean, literally, it was one of my first couple months in the company and, and somebody was upset about the way we hooked something up. We didn't use his components. And I'm like, look, the way I set it up is the most efficient way for you to use it. Um, but I'll put it in, I'll put it together the way you want it. Um, and then when, not if, but when it's too difficult for you to make it work the way you think you want to make it work, then I'll come back and and put it back the way I had it. And fix it, it the you. way it should be. It yeah. took like 24 hours, right? He's like, I'm really sorry. I should have just listened to you. And I'm like, it's fine. And I mean, and he's been a client for 16 years. He still yeah. calls me for things, right? And see, so, and, and you get the, but it's all, it all boils down to relationship. Yep. If, and, if, if you come at it, right, if, if you're a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. And and that piece of stepping back and eating, eating that ego mm -hmm. and just letting it flow. I'm moving my hands in here like people can see. Uh, yeah. Yeah, move your hands. Well, and I just had that with, uh, you know, with a, a coworker where we, we talked about, you know, I've just been dealing with a lot of stress and and I kind of, I kind of focused on something that I didn't need to focus on. There was like some scheduling problems or something and I was focused on that. And, you know, we kind of had a dust up and he asked me like, how do I resolve that with you? I'm like, the best way to resolve that with me is to say, you know what? It doesn't matter how we got here. Let's figure out the solution. We can talk about the details there later, right? And that's what we try to do in the client's home or when we're working with a builder, because there's always going to be some problem. There's always going to be some you challenge know, that we have to overcome. This is this is, the, this is the nature of our business. I hate finger pointing, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't need to stand here in the driveway and point fingers at each other. Let's together figure out the solution. And then if we want to argue about it later, we can argue about it later. But ultimately, right now, we just need to get it fixed, right? <laughs> nice. And so for me to actually have to step back and analyze that with myself and be like, here's the key thing that you can say to me if I'm focused on the wrong detail, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. If I'm focused on the wrong detail, just be like, hey, let's solve the problem. We'll talk about that later. So, you nice. know. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming in today, man. I mean, seriously. Yeah, we were all over the place today. We, well, it's okay. That, that's that's the way this goes is that it, 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 I don't have an agenda. Like, I didn't write any notes or anything. I just yeah. kind of let it flow. I think uh, I think we're probably coming to the end of our time. Well, it's been awesome. Like, I, I really uh, enjoyed it. I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Half Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.